Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Hadit.com Radio Show. Hadit.com Radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Yeah, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 29th day of November, 2018. Hope everyone had a good turkey day. Uh, anyway, we're we're here today with our co-host, Jay Basser, uh, John Stacy, and today our guest speaker is Sherman Howard. So, by golly, take out your pens and papers and be able to take some notes. If you have a question or comment, feel free to call in. Our call-in number is 347-237-4819. Now, that call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819, and then... Uh, you hit number one, and they'll put you in the queue with us after the lady talks a while. Uh, Sherman, how are you doing today? I'm doing just great, Mr. Cook. I hope you are, too. Well, I'm doing great. If I was any better, I could sell insurance. Uh, well, you'd have to change your profession from watchmaker, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been aiming to change professions, uh I've been a watchmaker. It, uh, it well, my eyes are giving out on me, <laughs> among other things. But uh, I thought about becoming a broadcaster, but <laughs> I don't think I should do that. Yeah, it might be a little rough there. Yeah. Well, Mr. Cook, I'd like to start something off by saying that there's a lot of great employees at the VA. And I talk to veterans all the time, and I hear great stories about things that happen to them. I got a veteran out in San Diego. He has a a social worker that comes in, takes care of him, that's a VA employee, and just goes above and beyond the call of duty for him and the rest of the veterans that she serves. And, but, you know, we still got a big problem at the VA. And uh, I've been talking to some of the people in leadership and kind of doing a little bit of research and all. And I know that you guys talk about the benefits a lot. I talk about a lot about the hospital side. But I want my fellow veterans out there to think of something right now that I ran across. I ran across this news story. It was USA Boston Globe that came out. It said secret VA nursing home data revealed as of December 31st, 2017, which means it was a year ago that this this research came out. You know, it's it, and it's based on the star system, the same as they based the hospital system on, but they don't publish this um, the nursing home star system. Yeah. And it's talking about Dublin, Georgia. Dublin, Georgia ranks one of 11 worst in the nation. And so I read about what it was in, in, in the Business 7 network where I'm in. There's uh, seven nursing homes. 
and I looked them up, and there was four one-star nursing homes, which is an F. There was one two-star, which is a D, one three-star, which would be a C, and one five-star, which would be an A. So we had four failing and three barely passing, or the the one A was passing good. The one A is in Carrollton, Georgia. And the reason it's so good is because a lady donated 20-something million dollars and built a nursing home facility and the VA health care facility, uh, the clinic there, and they have a private foundation that oversees it. Their name is on that building, and they take a lot of pride in it. Therefore, they're aware and they supervise. Well, they don't supervise, but they're aware of what goes on and ensures that their quality care is there for their veterans. But the rest of them are failing. This is, again, one of those things where in our vision network, our hospitals are failing. Atlanta VA Medical Center, a one-star. Dub, I mean, uh, Montgomery, a one-star. Dublin, a one-star. Columbia, South Carolina, one-star. I mean, we're, we're failing left and right. We have a leader in the vision network that's been a career lifetime VA employee that is supposedly responsible for all this. But what I really wanted to talk about is the um, – I, I looked up and how they came up with the star system and all, and what they did is they took the number of veterans in each one of those health care facilities, and they went out in the community in those facilities, and they measured metrics between them and the way they treat their patients and the way the VA treats their patients. And it was stuff like leaving catheters and bladders, pain management, bed sores, falls, and broken bones. It had a whole list of things of these metrics. And the VA basically, the only one the VA was had zero on, it was neutral, was that they don't strap people down in their beds. They don't restrain them. But they were 50, 75, 100, 300% higher in stuff like bed sores um, in veterans versus the regular outside nursing home and uh, the quote by the person that ran one of these clinics in Dublin that had failed says well we have to take every patient they can pick and choose who they take in their nursing homes we have to take every patient which made no sense because if they know that they got to take a critically ill person above and beyond they need to have a critically ill specialist there to take care of them these yeah, are our most vulnerable veterans. These are the veterans that are in their last years of their life and that they need more care and love and compassion and understanding and, and, and care, and we just warehouse them now. And if this secret thing hadn't have gotten out, it would still be the same. I, I can't hardly celebrate Thanksgiving or Christmas thinking about these veterans that are laying up there with 20 or 40 times more bed sores 75% more broken bones from falls. Uh, the pain management, the way the pain management thing said, you know, when they first come in, they measure it like the first 60 days. They measure pain management that they do, and then they do long-term pain management. And we were like, we're doping up our people 50, 60 times more than the other people in the metrics. Well, they use that uh, a lot of that pain medicine as uh, chemical restraints because it don't look nice, you know. You go in, the poor veterans strapped down to the bed, 
Uh, so they use chemical restraint, and uh, which, uh, in my opinion, should be illegal. But uh, that's what they're doing, and uh, I don't suspect that'll change. It should be investigated and monitored extremely closely. Now, there may be some veterans, if they're that bad, they're uh, a danger to themselves or maybe uh, perhaps others, uh, you know, uh, then maybe they'd be a logical excuse, but I think it should be monitored or or kept an eye on because that chemical restraint is really... You know, that's about it. That's to me, that's as bad as being chained to your bed. Well, yeah, I mean, and they're, what they're doing is they're knocking them out, physically, uh, restraining them like that, and then they're they're having they're getting bed sores because they're not being turned over and cleaned and cared for. And if they try to move and get out, they fall and break their bones, and they stick them right back in there. I mean, if you saw that, people can go to that site and check it out. Um, and, and see the metrics that they measure it by, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. But what I what I really want to pick on is, and I've picked on them before, is the uh, our VSOs because I, I did a little bit. I looked at a thing on the internet. I'm not an internet person, but I go to the library and I looked on something. And there's over twelve thousand American Legion posts in this nation. Twelve thousand. I looked within 100 miles of where I live. I live up in the mountains. And within 100 miles of where I live, there's over 100 VS, uh, uh, American Legion posts within 100 miles of where I'm at. There's more than 100 cation around the VA Medical Center in Atlanta, where this, uh, in fact, Atlanta and Macon are both close together, Dublin, so they both have American Legion posts there. And they'll go there and play bingo one night a week with the vets that can come down there to their little community room and all. But these are our watchdogs. These are the people that Congress have appointed to be our advocates and our watchdogs. Where are these people? You know, there's hundreds of thousands of American Legion people. The same way with the the, uh, VFW. I looked up theirs. There was 89 VFW posts within a 100-mile radius of where I live. Why aren't they the ones that are, are seeing this, doing something about it, speaking up, making sure that, that our veterans are taken care of? That's this a colossal failure on their behalf. Um, I talked to the uh, Vietnam Veterans of America in a little town up here where I live. We have a VA clinic that hasn't taken hasn't take three years now because they're short of doctors. And I called and talked to the uh, the president of that little chapter there, and asked him, you know, why aren't you why aren't y'all saying something about that? Why aren't y'all fighting for that? Why I, I read your local newspaper and I never hear y'all say anything about that. And he says, well, I'm not really concerned about that. I was a state employee and I've got state health insurance. And I said, yeah, but there's a lot of veterans that don't. They're not even taken. And he says, well, we're worried about right now getting a Huey helicopter for our park. That's our main, that's our main project right now. And I go, I, I don't just don't understand why they would take on the responsibility of being our advocates and our watchdog groups and not be responsible. That's unreal. Just unbelievable. 
and it's in every city. It's wherever there's a medical center. There's 150-something medical centers in our nation. I think there's around 12 or 1,400 VA clinics. So that they're in every community. And the American Legion, the DAB, uh, you know, Veterans of Foreign Wars, all of them have, have chapters right there, numerous chapters. Well, they should be there in the medical centers with their hats on, volunteering and, and checking things out and listening and talking to vets, taking that message back to their leaders and, and doing something. You know, I mean, the VA can't do it. They've proven that they, they can't or aren't going to do it unless they're forced to. You know, they never respond until a negative story comes out, and then they tell we're going to make changes. But where are these people? Well, they need to set up a special groups, or like you say, perhaps volunteers, but uh, they should be going around uh, monitoring these uh, veteran nursing homes. Uh, I mean, unannounced. They shouldn't be getting no notice. You go in... You should be able to go in 24 hours a day and monitor these uh, nursing homes, veteran nursing homes. So uh, there is no reason why we don't already have a uh, committees or something like that. Or like you said, the local communities. They don't have to be a veteran to go in and check on veterans. Right, but I, I just—they're appointed by Washington to be the to be the watchdogs for the VA, to be our advocates. They meet with the, the the leaders. They meet with the president. They meet with the secretary of the VA, the secretary of health. They meet with various people because I talk to leadership. They tell me they have meetings once a month with these groups. And when I was, uh, we started a committee at the medical center where I was, a veteran uh, client and advisory council, and they, the the the, uh, the uh, DSOs met with them once a month. But they give them a program and they say, hey, this is what we're doing and all that. And then they, you know, they go back and get in their cars and leave, you know. But they should not. They should they should surrender their responsibilities if if. We're going to continue down the path that we keep continuing down because it's under their leadership that we're failing. You know, I mean, it's the VA's problem too, but it's eventually it's veterans' faults because these are veterans and they're responsible for their communities, and they've taken that responsibility. It seems to me that they should um, either say, "Hey, we can't do the job," or "We're not, we're not." set up to do the job or, you know, we need to, to relinquish our power to someone else that can actually stand up and fight for them, you know, instead of worrying about, you know, when their next uh, bingo night is or their barbecue or their fish fry or their ball or, you know, whatever it is, you know. What do you think about that, Jay? Hello? Yeah, that... Uh... And I think it's a force. Well, I think it they is need to step up. I think they need to step up there. Uh, that's uh, we call that. Uh, I guess they're channeling, and they're just trying. They're hiding all this. You know, this. They should be keeping an eye on these places, and they're too busy with their own agenda 
which is in the political specter in the realm of uh, of uh, maybe you know holding up the organization or trying to make it look good. And, you know, we all know that it's a, you know they they're supposed to rep veterans, and the American Legion does a really good job. You know, as far as you know, veteran claims and things like that are better than the other ones. But I'm sure everyone's got issues. Now, you know, you've got the VFW and the American Legion probably right there side by side, and they're always adversaries. They're not the same. We've had issues here in the state where uh, these small towns had, the, had an Legion post and a VFW post, and each one of them would call the local sheriff's office and keep both of them bootlegging, and they get raided every week. So it's all <laughs> it's all a game, man. That's all, that's all there is to it. Yeah, I guess I just get all messed up with the word honor, you know? And, I mean, I just don't understand people that can can have their fellow human beings, number one, but their fellow veterans, people that they've dedicated to serve and been appointed to serve and let them down and just have a conscience to, you know, go home. I, just, I, can't, I can't comprehend it. It's just beyond my comprehension. And, uh, well, you, you know, know, when I was in the military, you know, go ahead. You know the difference between honor and honor is two letters, right? That's not too far apart, but right. I just, I just don't, you know, it's just hard for me to comprehend because it, there's plenty of money paid to the VA to take care of veterans. There's plenty of money out there, and it's wasted and abused. And then, the, and then I think uh, I'm pretty sure that you've informed me that the VSOs actually get paid by the VA. Uh, and services, and uh, for their services, and for yes. their different they things in Washington, rent. free rent. Yeah, they get paid. Yeah, they get free rent and free electricity and things like that. And I'm sure the people at the regional office, you know, they get up and they're talking about claims, and they get up and they go to lunch together. Or you know, I mean, after a period of time, you it seems that you think that the people who work for the veteran is supposed to work for the veteran. I actually think they work for the VA because they're in the same location. So it's a mindset, and it's got to change. I mean, they right. represent the vets, and they need to take care of the veterans. I mean, you know, if you know a veteran's got a claim, and you know, you know what he needs to succeed in his claim, the VA is going to tell you that. But they easy to do that in the form of a denial letter. What we need from you. When the VSO knows this already, he can come out and say, okay, here's what you've got to do, buddy, A, B, C, D, and you'll win your claim. doesn't happen that way, though. They don't want to burn any bridges, and so that's uh, that's why uh, you know we use other methods. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 and, and because the VA Medical Center from my home is is a one star and it's failing, we're going through another leadership change, which we we've it's been a continuous leadership change for about the past ten years, as far as directors, associate assistant directors. Everything stayed the same except chief of staff, and he finally resigned in this last uh, report. But this is VA's own research. Research shows that it takes about five years to really change an organizational culture. So that means we've got five years to try to change the culture. But unfortunately, what happens is that we get a new director or we get a new medical center associate director or whatever, but we've got the same lower-ranking people that are in leadership positions. They they acquire them when they come, and there's a shortage of people. 
so they they're not willing to fire them and get rid of them. So you know you right. can't change a culture when you don't have the right people working for you to start with. It's all based well, on that merit not, system that the VA has. It's, it's not going to change, Herman, right now, because you have to get rid of the buddy system in order for it to change. And, uh, you know, as a former VA employee, I can tell you that system is rampant throughout the, you know. And it's uh, it's kind of like, uh, I hate to politicize things, but it's kind of like certain systems, you know, where they try to hold stuff up for your friends and buddies or relatives of your friends to get, you know, jobs and things like that, and they... You know, they select who they hire, and uh, I've even seen them hire folks like that on top of thirty-point veterans or whatever it is. So it's a, it's a joke. Until they get that buddy system taken care of and thrown out the window, you're not going to have the standard of care because people are not qualified to do the job. You can't be qualified. <clears throat> you know, good qualified people, it's it's hard to find. But when they find one, they need to keep them. Yeah, I mean, the good qualified ones I know that are really good, that are really veteran-centric and, and really care, they get burned out after about three to five years, and they're gone. They just say, to hell with this. They go out to the private sector where they get treated with respect and dignity. But, you know, I mean, it's of one of these things. Go, I know, go ahead. I know some veteran service. I know some VSO veteran service officers get tired of the, of the uh, well, they can't say that word on the radio, but... Uh, it, uh, it, they got tired of it. Now they're claims agents. They 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 got out and started doing it on their own. Uh, so it's uh, you know that that's one neg- positive out of the negative. You know. Yeah, there's, I know a couple. Of, I, I know a couple up here that are are American Legion people, but they they've gone rogue and just do it their way. You know, just because their chapters don't really even care. You know. Uh, but the, the whole point of all this is is that we're going to have a VA because they're not going to take it private. We're going to have a VA. So uh, the American Legions and the DAVs and the Vietnam Veterans of America and the, the VFWs, they need to stand up and start fighting for us, you know. I mean, I mean I don't, it's time for that they stood up. If they, if they had a national day of protest or a national day of of uh, awareness, and they shout out and made it aware, like instead of selling poppies, going out there and making people aware of what was going on and actually printed up literature and put a web page up and and actually went out and did a silent, uh, just a simple protest in front of these facilities, then we might wake the nation up, you know? Because every family, every family in this nation somewhere has a veteran in their family or they have a neighbor that has a veteran, you know, I mean, it's if you've been here long enough, all of us have a triangular flag in our in our household. You know, and it's it's but you know, people have got other things going on in their life, and when you're it's not aware, all they hear is their congressmen and their senators and presidents saying we're taking care of our veterans. You know, they don't know the really truth of all this stuff. And the news media is not going to put it out. There's a lot of people at fault. The news media, the DSOs, regular veterans like us, me and you. The, the VA, all of us have a a, a, a fault in, in not doing enough to make sure that we honor honor the, the country's word, and, and not just for our country, but for the other countries to see how we actually treat our veterans. 
As you can tell, I'm kind of bothered tonight. I, I mean, when we got people in nursing homes that are in failing places. I, they're the most vulnerable, and I just feel so sick about it, you know? Well, it's a situation that should not be happening. Uh, you know, when you reach a certain age or a certain disability and a nursing home's the only option, you should get the best of care, not some uh, inferior uh, pretend care. You know, it. It's more than a show. It's actually hands-on and 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 doing a doing your job. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of them don't look at it that way. It becomes well, a resentment to them, and it appears. Yeah, it's it's just a secret that's still hidden out there. If I hadn't accidentally run into this report, I wouldn't have really known about it. But you know, for for there to be seven seven nursing home facilities in this in this region, this vision network of South Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama, and for four of them to be failing, just a one star, just totally failing. And one of them a D and one of them a C. We don't even have a B. We have one A, and that's because there's a special group of people that really care. And that's somehow we've got to figure out get the community involved in all of them, you know. And the community starts with the the service organizations. Well, it starts with all of us, you know. I could go down there on holidays or my days off or something and, and uh, walk around and cheer people up and do stuff. But, you know, it's not going to make a difference in whether or not they're, you know, flipping a patient that has bed sores or caring for their wounds or, you know, getting them out of the bed, putting them in a chair or, you know, taking care of their wounds. They just seem to want them to die so they can plant them in the ground. I don't know. I think it's just absolutely terrible. I mean, it's just gut-wrenching. It is terrible, Sherman. And, uh, I don't know. It's something we might be able to make a suggestion to the White House on uh, uh, that they need to monitor these nursing homes closer. Uh, I'm I'm certain they're aware of it. They have to be. Yeah, I mean... Uh, you tell the White House and you get these interns, these people up there that answer the phone and do, read the in, read the mail and read the internet or the emails and stuff, and then you know you talk to them and they're all political science majors. They have no earthly idea what's going on. Um, you know, I mean, if it, if the people that aren't the people, you know, we have, we have we like I'll say it again. There's over twelve thousand American Legion posts in this nation, and they are our advocates. They are the ones that are supposed to be there. Within 50, within fifty miles of of it, the of the Atlanta VA Medical Center, there's over eighty American Legion chapters. They should be the ones that are there, working through the volunteer offices, so that they can see what's going on. Report it back to their chapter people report it back to their state, and then go to the national and say, look, we've got this hard condition here. We want something done about it. 
That's Instead correct. of worrying about the fish fry on Friday night. Yeah. Or, you, you know, I mean, that. I hate to say it, but when I, I don't have a TV now, but every once in a while I'll see a TV somewhere and there'll be a commercial on the American Legion coming on and telling you they got their emblem there and they're telling you how they take care of veterans and send them some money, you know? It doesn't take any money to do that. It takes people that are committed to what the cause is, and they're, they're, they've accepted the responsibility of the cause to, to ensure that veterans are taken care of. I wondered if we, if we could contact a uh, uh, undersecretary maybe and get one to work with us. Um, well... I hate to say it, but, you know, right now that's beyond me because I'm not an Internet person. And uh, I, I tend to, when I write something down, I tend to get in trouble because I pretty much lay it straight out there of what's going on, and they get offended automatically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, they, a lot of them don't like to hear the truth. No, that's, you know, that's funny in life. If you tell the truth... You get in trouble a lot because people don't want to hear the truth. Uh, yeah, you're right, and that's too bad, too, because as a result of that, there's a lot of innocent people that suffer dearly, uh, helpless people. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a... We got a large group of people out there that need some serious help, and they don't know how to get it. And that, as a rule, probably gets a lot of them in trouble. Yeah, it's like y'all. I know that y'all work a lot on the uh, the benefit side, but my investigation into that is that the hospital or the medical center, which in, in where I where I live, the medical center in the uh, the regional office for benefits is on the same campus. There's a bridge, a covered bridge that you can walk from one to the other end. But they don't communicate with each other. If I'm a, if, I'm, if, if I'm a veteran and say uh, I'm a war veteran and I'm having trouble, I'm unemployed, and I'm down on my luck and everything, and I go in the medical center for mental health help or some help, you know, they don't communicate over there to the, uh, to the, there's no real advocates. The only advocates over on the uh, benefit side is the DSOs and all. They have a patient advocacy system in the medical centers, which is every year, every year the IG fails them, but they say they're going to do better. But nonetheless, it seems like a patient advocate at the hospital side would say, or the social worker in the in each clinic would say, "All right, I meet with you. I need to get up, get hold of Fred over here at the benefit side. Hey, Fred, I got this veteran. He's a war veteran. Um, he has no income. He's going homeless. What can you do? Because he, they can automatically sign you up right then for war veterans pension, which isn't a lot of money. It's about eight or nine hundred dollars a month. It's below poverty line." But at least it gives somebody a base foundation to work with, you know. But they don't even communicate back and forth with each other. You have to go find it out yourself, you know. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, I look he's up. Other programs, huh? I look, I look these up, and uh, I feel for you because uh, there's nothing close to you above a two. Sure. <laughs> Nothing above a two. Gerald, you're in the same boat. There's nothing nothing close to you above a two. 
I I know it. You, and you know, I want, uh, John, I was reading today. Uh, they're coming out with a new grading system for these uh, medical facilities and what have you. But it it don't start out as a one anymore. It starts out with a two. It goes two, uh, maybe a three, and then it goes three and a half, and then the four, and then four and a half. Uh, yeah, the problem is that they couldn't they couldn't find nobody that could draw a straight line, Joe. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't. So. Well, there was a. There was a GAO report in September 2017. It's GAO-17-747, I think. It says, VA reports healthcare quality measures on two separate web pages. And its primary web page is accessibility, accessibility and understandable, but lacks certain relevant information. And it says VA reported. This is the VA's own central office. Now they have the, they have these web pages. One is one web page is called Quality of Care, and the other one is Access and Quality. It says re, VA reports 15 of its 110 qualities on its primary Access and Quality web page. Reports 15 of its 110 qualities. So they they've got less than 15 percent of the qualities that they've measured things by actually reporting on the on the on their web page. It says v, VA central office has not systematically assessed assess the completeness and accuracy of the clinical information used to calculate health care and quality measures. Evidence indicates that the claim the clinical information in the patient medical records used to calculate health care quality measures may not be complete and accurate. <laughs> Think about what I just said. Yeah. Well. So, you know, they're going to split hairs with a quarter and a half and whatever. Yeah. It says, it says on on on. On hospitals compared, VA reported 35 of 79 health care quality measures that non-VA hospitals report. So we report 35, and they they report 79 health care qualities. Uh. Of, the, of the remaining 44 measures that the non-VA uh, non-VAs on, on reports on hospital comparison. Plans to add 12 in the future does not and does not plan to report 32. So they're going to add 12 more, but they're going to, they're still going to hold back 32 of those quality measures. So it's the same thing as the statistics that they they use and use a cutoff line or something. What they're doing is they're pulling their strongest strongest areas out and reporting them on their quality web pages and all, but they're not telling you that they're holding back three quarters of the the the, the uh standards. Unreal. And and where where I'm, left again, where's the BSOs? You know, they've got I've talked to the lady up there before from from Washington at the American Legion. They got lawyers and they got all kind of people up there. Where are they saying, wait a minute, 
We want to see you report on your web page the whole story. You know, it's just another deception. You know, I'm kind of starting to feel like all these American Legion people and all are just a bunch of cowards. <laughs> well, they don't want to lose their benefits, uh, Sherman. I mean, you know, if they're paying, pay your office uh, for your office space and your telephone and service you, furnish you a vehicle or or uh, pay your salary, you know, uh, it, it, it's not too wise to upset your boss. Well, I don't know. Tell my boss the way it is, and if he can't or she ain't big enough to handle uh, it, then they need to move on. <laughs> Can I give you guys an invite? Would you guys like to be invited to move up here? I mean, it's not the perfect place in the world, but I'm happy to say that uh, our VA milk center, we've got two of them in the area. One's a, you know, one's a primary care and one's a hospital. We've got a nursing home in the other one, too. And it's ranked a five. It's one of the highest rated ones in the country. As far as VA itself, it's ranked pretty high, too. I'm in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, okay. And it's one of the highest rated ones. And they know what they're doing. They do a really good job. And, uh, you know, they actually they take a pretty good care of me. I've had a couple of issues with them, but we've got that ironed out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as far as uh, VA goes... Go ahead, Sherman. No, you, as far as VA goes, what was going to say? As far as VA goes, I mean, we've got a really good one here. We've got people that come in from other VA just to go here. And uh, they go, they come from Cincinnati, and they come from Louisville and Knoxville just to go here to Lexington. So we're fortunate to have yeah, this place, and there's a lot of good people. So, yeah. you know, you're welcome to move on up. You know, we'll, we'll find you a place and hook you up if you want to. But if you want to get out of the mountains of North Georgia, of course, it's a little bit colder here than it is down there. That's all right. I got an Airstream trailer and a truck. I can hook up and go wherever I want to go, but that's not the point. If I if I leave and go up there to get that care, huh? You got an Airstream? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty sweet, man. Well, I mean, that is real sweet. It was a long story how I got that thing, but I wanted to move from where I was and I. It was in the park, and it cost $250 a month to park it there with everything, so I bought it <laughs> got out of there mm-hmm. that. But, and, but the, the whole point of that is is that sounds really good, and I can easily do that, you know? But I can, if I do that, mm-hmm. then I'm abandoning the people down here, you know? I'm just running away from the problem like the VA seems to do, like the, the VSO seems to do, like everybody seems to do. I'd rather mm-hmm. I'd rather stick it down here and fight and resolve the issue, you know. I mean, health care, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lucky enough to be pretty healthy, and I'm lucky enough to have a private doctor that I've been with for 40 years there. And, uh, yeah. you know, if I have an issue, I can go to him and say it, you know. And But uh, the Lord yep. has kept me pretty healthy so that I can fight this fight. And if I, you know, I mean, I would love if I need to go to a VA and I get pretty sick, I might end up in Kentucky or where, you know, Asheville, where there's a five-star. But, um, and I mean, I've talked to Asheville, North Carolina, and I've talked to the chief of staff, and he told me I could come up there and he, he could hook me up with, you know, his best doctor. But still, that's not going to resolve the issues for these people down here. In, what about Knoxville? Dublin. Huh? 
What about Knoxville? Knoxville, I think it's uh, Knoxville's not very good. I don't think. Mm, okay. Knoxville, uh, Nashville. Nashville hooked up with Van- Nashville hooked up with the Vanderbilt University. Yeah. Well, Lexington hooked up with the University of Kentucky, and they do a pretty good job. A lot of their doctors actually are from the University of Kentucky, so you know that's a good thing. There's a lot of good doctors. Well, I mean, I mean, our our campus backs up to the Emory University, and we're hooked up with Emory University and Morris Brown Medical College. And Emory's right. great. And we, in the the local hospitals around here, we've got they're great. And Emory has a whole great healthcare system. But you know, we'll train, we train everybody on prosthetic surgery and all the you know hip, knee, ankle replacements and surgery and stuff like that. They 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 work on veterans here as resident doctors, and then they leave, and we can't even go as a veteran over to their uh, specialty clinic, their spine clinic, or their you know. Knee clinic or anything, they won't accept the veterans, <laughs> even though they used us as guinea pigs and learned, you know. But the whole point of all this is, is that right now, tonight, we've got veterans laying in nursing homes all over the country, and let's just say, be generous and say, not by the statistics from my region, but just say 50% of them are getting excellent care. Getting top-notch, excellent care. We still got 50 percent of them that aren't, and that's the ones that we should be worried about. Well, I'm worried about. I don't know what to do. It's going to take an army, sir. I'm going to get this straightened out, buddy. You're going to need to start. Well, we got an army called the. We got an army called the American Legion, the VFW, and the DAV, and the. Vietnam Veterans of America and the Gulf War Veterans, we, we got a whole army, except they, they seem to be um, in, in bed with the enemy. Well, here's what you need. You need to get some quality assurance specialists on your side that know who's been trained, like on the writer's laboratories, and how to how to diagnose the quality problem and how to, how to, how to look through and see where the problem's at and fix it. That's where you need. That's, that's an education the person needs right there. I mean, one of the quotes there from someone up there at the VA in central office says the uh, the VA central office is like a piloted air, airplane flying over the Atlantic. It's in chaos, and in the, in the uh, passenger section, it's in chaos, too. And that was, that was the leader up in central office putting that in the, in the paper, you know. Another one said they've been working up there for 30 years, and it's the worst it's ever been. And... and uh, you know, I just, I just can't figure out. I mean, I just, I don't know. It just—I'm a simple person, and common sense just tells me to simply break everything down to the simplest thing and get down and go to work. And the simplest thing to me is to go back to the mission, the vision, the three promises, and the core values. And to go back and do all those and hold all those people accountable for that. We've. With our with our medical center being a one star, they allowed they allowed the director to to resign or to to retire at full pension. They allowed the chief of staff to retire at full pension. Uh, I've gotten word that some of the leadership on up the line that are involved in this, they're all fixing to retire at full pension. In fact, one it takes three years. If you make it three years, say like in a in a director's position. 
that's a, that's your highest pay grade. If you make it to three years, then you can retire at that pay grade. And we've got some people that are short a month or so, so they're allowing them to stay on for another month till January, so that they can retire at full pension at the highest pay grade. Instead of firing them, instead of instead of prosecuting them for for failure to do their job and for lying and cheating and stealing and everything else that they do, we're 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 allowing them to stay on long enough so that they can retire at full pension at the highest pay grade. Does that make sense? No. Don't make a bit of sense, does it? That's no, because they're making a hundred Yeah. But I guess I keep talking to you guys on the radio, hoping that somebody call in and tell me how we put a, cut the head off of this snake and uh, get back to straightening the system out because... It's 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 personally it just hurts me to see the veterans suffer. Well, they are suffering, unfortunately, and their families. Yeah, it's not just the veterans; it's the families too. How do you like to be a family member and come in there and and see your loved one there? Uh, not being done right. Yeah, I mean, with come unglued. <laughs> yeah, dirty, dirty diapers and bed sores oh, and a broken leg, yeah. you know, and they're, you know, and you can't even talk to them because they're so knocked out, you know, they ain't even comprehend what's going on. There was a story a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, that Gerald and I followed a little pretty hard. It was about a nursing home in Oklahoma. You remember that, Gerald? Yes, I do. Yeah, I think uh, I think the veteran died. Didn't he in, in, in he did he? He did die. They yeah. had several veterans die there. I think yeah. before they got them shut straight down. Did they close the place? What they did? I think they closed it temporarily and then mm-hmm. restaffed it or did something there. I forget all the yeah. details right at the moment. But mm-hmm. uh, it was it was a horrible deal. Yeah, it was. That's sad. That's sad. I bet if I mean, you look it up now in the in the chart, it'd probably be a low grade again because see the focus is on something else. The VA is yeah. like a like the news media. They they're waiting for the next story to hit, you know. And as soon as the next story hits, the rest of them are forgotten about. Yeah, that's true. They move on to the next one quickly as possible and get it out. Then something else takes its place, and pretty soon you got a oh god, a quagmire. Do, do y'all ever read the IG reports? Yes, I do. Some of them. Yeah. Well, you can you can track the IG report and go look at each medical center, and you can go back. But I'm just going to take the uh, patient advocacy system. Which from the first day I walked into the VA, I had a problem with patient advocacy. And over the past 10 years, the IG's probably done three investigations, four investigations, and they come back every time say it's a colossal failure. They're not they're not keeping track of. Uh, 
the incidents. They're writing them off before they even enter them in the computer. Uh, you know, it's just a colossal failure, and the, and the IG makes recommendations to the VA. Of course, they sit down with the VA before they make the recommendations and go over it, and they come up with a language that they want to say, and, and they'll go, here's five recommendations or ten recommendations, and the VA will come back and say, yes, uh, and they'll have information technology in there because it has a lot to do with information technology, too. And they'll come in there and say, we concur with everything that you say, and we're working on, you know, we're working on the plans to uh, to straighten it all out. And then in another three years, they'll do another investigation. It'll come up with the same way. The IG doesn't follow up on it, except to come out with the same investigation with the same conclusions. When the VA says, yes, we concur with it, but it's the same people at the VA up in central office that are concurring with it. And they're not doing anything about it. I mean, so I mean, I'm and, and I've looked at medical centers. I've looked at all of them and then compared. Like I might pick Phoenix out, go through what Phoenix has went through, and then look and it, it went through the same thing eight years ago, and it went through it 15 before that. You know, but I'm I'm. I'm fishing real hard tonight just to find out what a conclusion is to this. How do how do we how do we get our warriors, the American Legion, the DAD, and all them, to uh, start being accountable and responsible? I'm sure if any of them are listening on this phone, they probably on this show they probably hung up by now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to get them more involved uh, in the right places. You know, this nursing home issue has been going on for a lot of years. I just don't think that they get monitored properly like they should. So, uh, it's something that that may needs to be re reopened up and keep an eye on. Yeah, it's just that you know they they go secret on you, and you got to sneak around and find out stuff, you know, because the VA's not going to tell you any of the bad stuff, and they're going to try to keep it away from you all the way. But supposedly, once again, you know, our watchdog is the Inspector General, and our watchdogs are the VSOs, and the VSOs should be involved because they they are our watchdogs. You know, I know that uh, we have volunteer organization. In fact, that was funny. I tried to volunteer at my medical center, and they told me the next training session was six months away. They didn't know when it would be. They went through probably seven or eight volunteer coordinators in about a five-year period of time. And uh, and I'm like, look, if I'm here to volunteer, if somebody comes in here to volunteer today and get involved in the system and you tell me to wait six months, more than likely I'm going to go somewhere else and volunteer, you know? you well, got to have an organization. You know, and the, and the American Legion and them, they should be actually really what they should be is the DAD, the American Legion, the VFW, the Vietnam Veterans of America, whatever the the ones that are recognized are, Concerned Veterans of America, they should say, all right, on Monday, the American Legion puts 10 people there at the medical center. 
with their badges on, their hats on and all, and they're at the front desk and they're at the side desk and they're different places. And they're, when veterans come in and talk, they have someone to talk to that can guide and help them. And then they can really start documenting what the real issues are and start working on those things. You know, I had had Sonny Purdue, it's not Sonny, David Purdue's office, a little uh, political science guy, called and talked to me for a long time, and he's like, well, Mr. Purdue does all he can. And I said, what is that? What is he doing? And he says, well, you know, he's working on new legislation. I said, they don't even follow the rules of the legislation we have now. What do we need new ones for, you know? We need somebody to hold their nose to the fire on that. You know, he can come down there and volunteer his time instead of getting the VIP tour. Him and his wife should come down there and actually meet veterans and their families and talk to them, you know, as a volunteer. They're too important, I guess. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice. But you're not going to... Well, the only way to make changes there, Sherman, is have to get to the top. It's obvious these organizations, the American Legions, BFW, and all them, uh, when they do have their monthly meetings, they uh, obviously don't deem it important enough to bring these type of subjects up. I mean, you know, they don't want to make ways, or I don't know what the deal is. They got their mouth too full of food or steak or whatever uh, to uh, bring some of these issues out. And I guess I'm... I guess I'm going to have to go to the local college out here and get me a, 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 somebody getting a master's or doctoral degree and hire them, set me up a web page, and I'm just going to try to embarrass them into it because it's an embarrassing how they're acting. It's just it a is totally an embarrassment. embarrassment. And, it's a, and it's a disgrace, and they're disgraceful, and they're unhonorable people. I don't care what they think. I don't care how many times they've served as Grand Pute or president of their chapters and worked their way up. They're a disgrace to our nation and our nation's veterans right now, these VSOs. Well, it something if must they can be prove done wrong, about tell it. them to call me up and tell me about it. Yeah, something must be done about it. Uh, you know, this just takes common sense, my God. What's going on? Uh, we're, we're a nation worried about ourselves and not uh, the other people. We used to be a nation that was worried about other people. Well, we need to start taking care of ourselves. you got to help yourself before you can help somebody else. And Our veterans need some doggone help. Right. Especially the ones, you know... These veterans are helpless, a lot of them. They can't fend for themselves. And that's what we're supposed to do is look after those veterans. And some of them sure. don't have families. Some, the ones that do have families, I mean, they, they're there for a reason because maybe they can't afford to go somewhere else or something, so we're just going to warehouse them and let them die suffer and just keep them drugged up. It's cheaper to give them medicine and to actually put love and care there, you know? 
That's exactly oh, right. Stick them in there and forget them. Uh, but they're not getting treated right. But there are some good ones. I'm sure there are some good ones. Like John said, he's he has a five-star there. Maybe they're better at uh, uh, when they come around to inspect them and stuff. Maybe they're better at getting ready. Or well, maybe, maybe they, they have really that, treat maybe their veterans better, you know. What I was going to say, maybe they have a leader that demands that, that demands that and tells them what their responsibilities are and has them to, to be held accountable and responsible for that. Well, that's like true. Said, yeah. The only one that we have is a five-star. We have one five-star, and that's because a, a lady generously spent over $20 million and actually built the facility and the clinic. It's a clinic and a, and a um, nursing home in Carrollton, Georgia. You can look it up on there and look at the history of it. And they have a, a, a private foundation, a board that works with that clinic to make sure that they have everything that they need. It's a community that's involved. The community's involved, therefore, they hold the people responsible. And if they don't have a good person, then they make sure that they get the good person in there. But what we're doing is, is we're just taking, and most communities aren't involved because they got other things going on and all that. That's where, you know, uh, we need. To, well, I made a suggestion to Bob McDonough that we we start private foundations all over the nation for each medical center that supports the mission of the VA, so the community's involved. See, they don't want the community involved because the community will see how they how incompetent the leadership is, and it all comes down to leadership, you know. It's like a championship oh, yeah. baseball team, you know. The, the everybody from the the groundskeepers to everybody is focused on giving the best of the best to them, you know. And I and when I talk to leadership at VA, I say, "Have you ever been to a children's home, a uh, children's hospital?" And they go, "Yes." And I said, "That's how a VA medical center and a nursing home should be." That everybody there is dedicated to the the sole purpose of serving those people. The, 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 the sick, the family members, and making sure that they're comfortable and that they're taken care of. And that's where the union comes in, too. The union's responsible for that because they're going to stand up and fight for every employee that has a grievance. And, you know, they should say, hey, look, I'm sorry, but, you know, you're not really qualified or you're really not expected to the standards of our union. Therefore, we need you to move on and go somewhere else and work. You know, we're not going to back you on this deal. You, you failed, you failed to hold out your responsibility to the veterans of this nation and to our union. But the union's only interested in, in getting their union dues and then spending that money on political purposes. There's a lot of people in, in responsible, but I'm responsible too because I see it and I know what's going on and I can't figure out how to resolve it. I can. Just keep talking and hoping somebody out there smarter than me figures it out and, and takes charge where they're at. I'm hoping somebody in Missouri or, or California or somewhere, you know. And if Kentucky's a five, that's great. I'm glad Kentucky's a five. Why don't we send some people up there to Kentucky and let them, let them work for three months from a, a, a one facility and let them be mentored for three months? By a five facility and see how a five facility operates. 
That would be a good thing. Use it as a training center. Right. You you, you hook a person up that's going to associate director that's going to move up and and have them come up and be mentored by someone that, you know that that's that's proven to be the best. You know. I well, mean, yeah. you look at it, football. I don't. We I look at football down here. You know, it's like Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide. And they're uh, champions. He he expects perfection every day on everything that they do. And and he, he, you know this weekend in Atlanta they're going to have the Southeastern Conference Championship playing. And there's a guy, the University of Georgia, playing the University of Alabama. Well, the guy that coaches the University of Georgia worked under Nick Saban for ten years, and he learned his system, and he learned how to to, to build it. And they've got a championship team now. And there's there's Jimbo Fisher, and, and there's a whole lot of them that are that are up there at the top ranks, and they all trained under Nick Saban. You know, it, so we need to take our good and take take the ones that are salvageable and put them with the good people and train them. We just can't say, hey, you know, you you've worked for the VA 25 years and you. By the merit system, you you can be promoted, so we're going to promote you to this position. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it uh, something has to be done about it. If anyone out there has any ideas or contacts we could use, anything. We would certainly appreciate a call. Uh, share that information with us, or uh, maybe even calling the inspector general might be something. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna tell you that the inspector general, you gotta basically send it by email because if you call inspector general, his office, that office is like a, like the. Um, White House hotline, you know? <laughs> oh, yes. I have, in the past, I have called the Inspector General and got right to to him. Uh, really? Yeah. And it wasn't even to complain. I called, I was going to Muskogee at the time, and, and I just happened to run across his number, and I said, well... I'm going to call him. I called and got him. (laughs) And uh, I told him that, you know, I wasn't calling to complain. He said, what? He said, nobody calls up here and don't complain. (laughs) And I was bragging on Muskogee, even though they're only a one. I mean, the treatment I got was real good. Uh and I told him, you know, what team I was on, this and that. You know, and he called Muskogee and told him that someone had called in and bragged on him. <laughs> so, well, that's great, you know. <laughs> and, you know and, and even a, one, even one facility, they do great things. I just read in a, 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 a thing for the, uh, the eye doctors that there's this doctor in Emory that worked at the VA Medical Center in Atlanta, and she came up with this process and a procedure that won national awards. You know, yeah. and, and that's in a one-star facility. There's good everywhere. 
You know, but if 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 the whole thing, if you you know, if you got good at seventy five percent, you're still failing because twenty five percent ain't getting it. You know. That's right. I mean, it's just like like Washington D.C. That's three miles from the headquarters, uh, central office in the White House, uh, the medical center there. You know, I mean, they they had a hell of a story there. They weren't sterilizing their equipment for surgery. They had to shut surgery down. They didn't have enough equipment. They had to spend two million dollars just to get them enough surgical equipment to even hold a surgery. You know, that's right there in Washington. You know. It doesn't mean that the the prosthetics department there is not good, or the uh, you know the uh, heart doctors aren't good. You know, it just means the overall facility in the in the in the star rating system is kind of a weird thing, anyways. But you know, it, it does a lot of metrics. But like you know, like I said, you know, even they they take a hundred and something metrics and only use thirty five of them to rate their system. So. Uh, they they need to do better than that. Like like you said, it's common sense. You know, that's my whole problem with all of it. You know, if they just common sense go by their their mission, their vision, their three promises, and their values, they could eliminate eighty percent of their problems immediately because everybody would be doing their job, and that's advocating for veterans and giving the veterans the best care in the world. I found uh, a lot of this, Sherman, boils down to the individual you're dealing with within the VA. And uh, you get a, you know, maybe they're having an off day or something, I don't know. But you can get a hold of some that are really jerks. And then at the same time, the next one you talk to or deal with, they treat you like a human being, and uh, so it boils down to personalities, I guess. Not everybody has the same type of personality. Uh, I know I'm not a hard person to get along with, unless you try I'm to screw me over. Then I can get. I'm a hard to person to get with. along with, but I'm a hard person to get along with because I expect the best. Even when I go to the grocery store to get groceries, or if I go to the a restaurant to eat. I worked hard for my money, and I want high quality, nice customer service, and a friendly face greet me. You know. Yeah. And I've been, and you and I, and, and everybody, a lot of us have been around the world, and we've seen a lot of people suffering in how they live. You know, we got five thousand of us sitting on the border right now, down there in Mexico, wanting to come in our country because of the way that they had to live and their living. And they see the golden parachute up here, you know. But we, we you know, they don't see. In, in, and I'm sure that the care that we get, even the bad care, is a lot of times better than what they would get or, or receive, you know. But well, uh, you know, it doesn't you, mean that we shouldn't continue to raise the standard and the bar. That's right. We should always continue, always try to raise the standard and the bar. Uh, yeah, it it should always be progressive, not degressing. Uh, uh, we must move forward, or we're going to fall behind. Right. I mean, you know, you, like you said, you might get a bad reception somewhere when you go in, and then the 
But, you know, that's a supervisor's responsibility to know their personnel and say, oh, you know, well, Jackie's having a bad day there. Let me move Jackie on over here where she's not having contact with other people, you know? Yeah. Or either say, Jackie, you know, according to union contract, they can take, pull them aside and say you need to be retrained on customer service or you need to be retrained, you know, and, and they can remove them after the second time and stuff and can fire them after the third time. But, you know, that's that's... That's all leadership, too. I mean, you know, it becomes you've got to know your people, you know? I mean, it's like a, I just use the analogy of football or baseball, but if you've got somebody that, you know, ain't hit a left-handed pitcher in 20 games, you know, the odds are that sucker's getting a hit is not very good, you know? So you've yeah. got to know to put, put a pinch hitter in there until you can get that person to learn how to hit that curveball, you know? I mean, well... When I get run into one of them type of people, I always try to cheer them up and say, "Are you? Uh, did you go on a diet?" I says, "You know, looks to me like you gained uh, some weight." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do that down here where I live, and they'll pull a knife on you. <laughs> yeah. Stab you, stab well, you with one of them pins that they tape a flower on the end so nobody will steal their pin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if they're going to be that way, you might as well just have a little fun with it. Maybe that's why they're that way. <laughs> Too many wise dragon uh, veterans. <laughs> they just got bad attitudes, that's it, because you should be proud and happy when you come to work and do the best job you can. And working for the Veterans Administration and serving veterans only is a, the greatest honor in this nation, and it should be accepted that way. And when they go to get out of their car every morning, look in that rearview mirror and say, man, what an honor I have to work for these guys today, these guys and gals, and think of it that way, you know? And, I mean, that's that's the way I look at it. I've told leadership in Washington that on numerous occasions. It's the greatest honor in this nation to be chosen to serve the veterans. And when you decide to hire people that have that same feeling, then you're going to have a great system, and it's going to correct itself, and y'all aren't going to have all your headaches and all your firefighting because it'll it'll control itself. Well, it you That's know, common I can, sense again. That's simplicity. Uh, I've been dealing with my BA trying to get a history grant. And I was talking to the lady down there in prosthetics, and uh, she said, well, what do you want a hansel ramp for? I said, I need a wheelchair ramp. And uh, she said, well, hansel ramp don't pay for a wheelchair ramp. So it'll widen your doors, or, uh, modify your bathroom, and do all kinds of stuff. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, I got a call yesterday. Uh, this guy uh, come up from Oklahoma. Uh, he said, I'm here to measure your house for a wheelchair ramp. I said, what? Who put me in for a wheelchair ramp? That girl went ahead and put me in for a wheelchair ramp. And she said... How long you had a wheelchair? I said, 
well, well over 10 years, maybe 12, 13 years. She said, my God, they put one in for you for free. <laughs> Boy, they're going to put me in a real nice one, made out of aluminum. And he said, that thing be the cat's meow. Now, see, that's somebody taking an extra move or, or uh, you know. Or, or, but or doing their job? Yeah, she was doing her job. They, and yeah, I, because she's, I called she's, her up today and thanked her real good for for doing that. And she really appreciated it. But, you know. Uh, but, I mean, she, she sees you in a wheelchair with your oxygen bottle, <laughs> you know, and sees that, that you need, you know, then it shouldn't have been any question, you know. What can I yeah. do, to you, Mr. Cook, to make your life better? <laughs> yeah. That surprised me uh, big time, but now here's the type of individual that you can run into in the VA. Uh, a, a lot of others wouldn't even bother, you know, they hung up the phone. She said, how long you been in the wheelchair? I said, well, 12, 13 years. And they put you in a wheelchair wrap. I said, no, I didn't know I could have one. I thought I had to get a grant. She said, Lance, no. So there are some really good, nice people, caring people. Oh, yeah, I know. There's a person in central office that I talked to that's pretty high up there and has been there a long time. And I'll cuss that person out. I'll leave them the nastiest message and stuff because of what's going on. But that person always contacts me back. You know, give me a half hour or 45 minutes and we'll talk because they want to learn. And they know that I care. And when I talked to her this last time right before Thanksgiving, she said something to me like, well, Mr. Howard, I know that you care a lot about the veterans in the Atlanta VA Medical Center, you know, and we've got some we've got issues there. We know about it, and it's on our process. Well, let me correct you real quick for a minute. I said it's not that I, the Atlanta VA Medical Center veterans that I just care for. I care for all veterans in every state, in every clinic, in every hospital because we're all the same. But that person will always communicate with me in, in which um, a part of the core values is that uh, I care, integrity, acts with high moral principles, a heed to the highest professional standards, maintain the trust and confidence of all whom I engage. And she, she has done that throughout the five years that I've communicated with this person. And it's well, it made it made things better, and it it made a person that's in central office that doesn't see all this stuff that goes on. They only hear what somebody tells them in one of their meetings <laughs> to understand a little bit more of what goes on. You know, well, but we just need more people care. like that. You know, there's oh yeah, uh, that uh, that makes a lot of difference. It, People know you really care and you're sincere in what you're saying, and there's truth in it, then uh, they take you a lot more seriously. In, in, in the conversation, they said, 
I hope you have a nice Thanksgiving. I'm going to be off for a week here before Thanksgiving. I hope you have a nice Thanksgiving. I said, I, I, I will have a respectful Thanksgiving, but I cannot have a nice Thanksgiving thinking about these veterans in these nursing homes that are laying there suffering. <laughs> you know? Well. I, I throw the barb, you know, but anyways. Uh, I feel better talking to y'all. I hope that there's a, that one person out there that just gets motivated to do some research and not believe exactly what they're being told tonight on this thing, but look for it themselves in their community, just like Jay did. He looked and saw that they have five-star one in his, and that's great. I'm so happy for them. Oh, I am, too. That, that's good news. And you're right, they should send some of these other managers into that facility and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, mentor, mentor them, you know, let them. Yeah. Uh, duplication, duplicate what they're doing. It's all a duplication from one end of the country to the other. If, if you got a five star here, let's, let's get everybody else up to a five star. Yeah. Or even, or even, or even form a training academy at that facility, you know, uh, and make it a training, like a training center in each region. You know, you have a training. You go to your best things, you know, because what we do is move people around. These acting people, acting director, acting this, acting that. We move them all around, and it messes up continuity. We've got to, if we're going to keep pulling people from the inside the VA and not go outside the VA to run these facilities, we need to train them properly of not how to maneuver statistics and not tell the truth. They should be truthful about everything. First, be truthful if they're failing and say, we're going to work hard and this is what we're doing. And then come out, you know, with a news a news conference three months later and say, here's how we've improved. This is what we've done instead of refusing to, for an interview, you know? got to be open. They keep saying they're going to be honest. You need to be open and honest and say, hey, we screwed up, and here's what we're doing to fix it. Yeah, uh, we got to get more honesty. Uh, repetition. If you have a five-star somewhere, you can bring in your managers from other areas and let them... Uh, Learn the uh, uh, repetitions. What, what they're what they're doing there, they can go back to their facilities and and do it. Uh, now that's uh, you know a lot of that. Most of that's teamwork. If they don't work as a team, they ain't nothing. Well, you're right about that. It's teamwork, and you can't keep changing the team every three months. You know, you got to keep the that's team together. A, yeah. That's true. Our, our, our medical center was one of the first ones to do fast tracking in the uh, in the emergency clinic and patient center care. And when we first came out with it, the person that designed and worked on those programs, actually a veteran, introduced it to them, and uh, they they put it together through the council, and uh, they did it, and it was really working really good. Then that person left, and they got another person that that was not their priority fast-tracking and patient-centered care, and it went downhill instead of keeping the quality up because the new person had other priorities. They wanted to build a bigger clinic and be more prestigious. 
in the emergency room. Um, so, you know, got to figure out how to keep the right people in there, you know, and not just transfer them whenever they qualify. You know, I've been here two years. I qualify to be transferred, and I've never been to Hawaii, so I want to go there and work, you know. It, that's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's involved in all that. Well, yes, there is. And you would think over as long as we've had the VA going that they would have all this armed out. There is no reason in the world this is not armed out and these nursing homes are run properly. Now, if they need additional personnel, uh, they can get them. If they need more training, they can train them. There's no excuse. And if they need better leadership, they put leadership in there that tells everybody what they expect and to be there. You well, know? they got they to they put... Go ahead. Well, they need lead, leadership in there that will lead. Yeah, and then in order to the lead, they need to know. Yeah, they need to set the standards. So, anyways, we worked a lot out today on the telephone here on the show. Hopefully, I'm going to keep pushing the people I know and uh, push for for it, and hopefully everyone else out there does too. I'm, I just got my information from my local American Legion to VFWs, and I'm going to set up meetings with their president or commanders or whatever they call them and start talking to them and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be blunt, and you're going to get pissed off at me, but here's the truth. We need to do something. It's our responsibility. Well, it is. It's everybody's responsibility, and especially veterans. It's their responsibility, the, the veterans that are able. It's their, They need to look in on their brothers and sisters and them. Nursing homes just walk through, and if you have to, go back and file a report. Uh, well, you know what I found out about that, too? There's, there's a, a, a command master sergeant that works at this medical center where I am, and he, he'll sneak around and tell stuff, but he won't stand up and fight for veterans. And when I talked to him one day, I said, man, all you're doing is you've got a 30-year pension from the Army, and now you've got a second paycheck. And he said, well, you know, it's kind of like that. And I said, no, you need to take care of veterans. And I kind of offended him. But, you know, I found that a lot of veterans that go to work for the VA, they, I don't say that they don't care, but they, they're union, they become union members, and they become concerned about their own selves. And the way the system's so messed up with whistleblowers and everything that they're afraid to say anything, so they just allow it to happen, you know? They become complacent and become a part of the problem because the courage is not there. And there's an organization, the Whistleblowers Association or something, I've got the name of it, but out of all the federal government, they take in all whistleblower complaints. It's a, it's a private organization that's run. Forty-five percent of all the whistleblower complaints that come to them are VA complaints. That means all federal government, that's Social Security, that's Department of Defense, it's everything. 
the largest number of complaints that come into the whistleblower's thing saying that they're retaliated against and everything is from the VA. Unreal. So that organization seems to me it needs to be looked at. If a guy's a, you know, a veteran is whistleblowing, his name, their name, should be kept private. That's why you have your whistleblower laws. But, uh, of course, well, what they, me, what I wouldn't care say, if they did know. <laughs> what they say is, that, say you're a whistleblower, you can go to the special counsel, which is outside the VA. The special counsel represents all government employees, whistleblowers. And they file a complaint with them, and they do an investigation and everything. Well, but but what it is is once the whistleblowers, there's no way that their name doesn't get out. Because if I go up there, like this one guy went up and told about the the VA medical center while we were having a shortage of money, and our mental health department was going to donate thirty five thousand dollars to a a not uh, to a political party in in Atlanta for a sponsor a. Con- a party. We were going to sponsor a party or a thing, and it was political. And this whistleblower reported it. Well, they know exactly who reported it, and they moved it, the guy's office from the from the uh, main office, general offices where all the leadership was, because he was involved in leadership. Moved him to the other side of the hospital, from the third floor to the eighth floor. Put him in a patient room. Made his office in there. Wouldn't allow him in the in the, in the uh, Pentad meeting anymore. <laughs> they went in his record. They went in his record and changed his uh, evaluation. You know. Yeah. And what this whistleblower group does? It's a private group. It's not not it's non-government group. It's a private group. And what they do is they take these people that were retaliated against, and uh, they 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 take the complaints of whistleblowers that have been retaliated against, and all of government. And like I said, 45% of them are the VA. That's by far the largest number of any other organization in the government that are retaliated, whistleblowers. There's no way that you can whistleblow and not them not know who it is. Well, myself, I wouldn't worry about it. I'd just call the Attorney General or somebody. Well, and. uh, You know, I don't care if I know who I am. Well, me neither. You and I, though, I mean, that's courage. I mean, but some people don't have courage. They're worried about their family or their insurance. They're paid. You know, I mean, it's, you know, that's the whole difference in people that stand up and fight. You know, it's like the great Hosea Williams. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he was one of the people that, uh, during the Civil Rights era when Martin Luther King and them were picketing and protesting and marching, Hosea Williams was a, a, a very strong man that he got out front. He took the dog bites, the fire hoses, and he got thrown in jail and he took the beatings. Time after time, he'd get out of jail and go right back up there, you know, because he protected Hosea, he protected Martin Luther King and them so that they could do their work, you know. There's always those people with courage. You know, but then, but you know, and that's what I preach to the leadership that I talk to in Washington. Y'all have got to have courage because every veteran that walks through these doors are all honorable, and they had courage at some point in their military service. 
and 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 that you know you've got to have courage too to do the right thing. You know, it takes courage to do the right thing. Well, that's true, but you shouldn't have to worry about repercussions. If no, you're telling you know the what? truth, and that's the way it is, and that's the way it is. Because if if we're the nation built on built on our faith. Then you know the only person, the only thing that we have to ask, answer to is when we die. You know. Well, if we've done the the right thing or wrong thing, you know that's where the courage comes in because because you'll be taken care of if you do the right thing. Well, we should all do the best we can. Uh, my land, Sherman, we're down to a minute. Right. Uh, we're we're about out of time here. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. I hope we open some eyes. And that's a very good topic, uh, these nursing home things, uh, because, uh, you know, if you live in an area where there's a veteran's nursing home, uh, don't be afraid to walk through it. And if something's yeah, wrong, it, find somebody to complain to. It's not a big medical center, and it's one of those things that's kind of hidden. Nobody brings it up, so the VA don't bring it up, you know? Well, but, yeah, but people need to get more involved. Uh, we got to take care of This is the weakest among us veterans, and... Uh, uh, and we all know there's a lot of really sick veterans out there, but the ones in the nursing home are the most bondable. They're the weakest, and they're the uh-huh. ones we need to be out uh, backing them up, uh, uh, making sure that they're treated properly and uh, things are not being overlooked, you know. Uh, yeah. Probably a lot of these places are understaffed, and there's no excuse for a VA medical facility of any sort to be understaffed. And Hold on. so, go ahead, Chairman. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right. Sure, if this check on me here, I'll be sitting up here on a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Sherman, we we want to thank you for coming on. Well, thank you again for letting me talk. I, I do a lot of talking. Hopefully, I've reached somebody and get get working on this stuff. Well, we keep talking. Somebody's going to hear it. Uh, All right, we got. Y'all have a great week, and thank you again. And thank you, Sherman. We appreciate it. You're doing a good service. Good night. Good night. With that, this will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser. We'll be signing off for now. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show, and enough the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basher Show. <laughs>